Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore or mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 85 of Fireside. Today on the Irish storytelling podcast, we're going to be telling a folklore, a tale from folklore about the Queen of the Planets. Who is she? What is she? We'll have to find out. But first up, I just wanted to say a big thank you and a big welcome to any first-time listeners and any returning listeners. You are all very, very welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. Please do continue to follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bard if you want to keep up to date with me and with the podcast. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast where you can join our ever-growing list of very loyal uh, and devoted benefactors. And I want to thank, uh, give a very special thank you to this week's newest patron, which is, he shall only be known as Jack, because that's the only name he has given on Patreon. Uh, But I have been speaking to him and thank you so much again, Jack, for your donation and you're joining uh, D. Courtney and Sumner Shell as this month's most recent very generous benefactors to the podcast so thank you and to all the rest of the patrons but the Patreon is there only if you want to donate yourself it's, it is totally based on an egalitarian podcast Uh, an egalitarian model of soundness this podcast will continue to be written and recorded and released every week for free the Patreon is there if you so wish to donate, but there is no pressure to do that at all. But just one more time, thank you so much for all those patrons, especially during these trying, trying times. Um, the Patreon has never been more appreciated, so thank you again. Now I am going to focus my train of thought to start with. I am returning once again from the beautiful surroundings of the Headstuff Podcast Network studio in Dublin. This is only the third episode I think I've recorded back in the studio since the lockdown. And now, God, in the last week, Kildare, Leash and Offaly have gone back. Three counties in Ireland have gone back into quarantine. So if the country and indeed the wider world afield needed a reminder that we are not out of the woods yet, certainly not at the time of the recording of this episode. It was the events of the last weekend. The masks have become compulsory now in all shops in Ireland, which is absolutely for the best. I mean, I have, I do confess, I have been caught a couple of times um, 
where I've changed a jacket or something and, you know, I just haven't had a mask on me and I've been refused at the door of places and I think that is absolutely fair enough and I'm delighted to see uh, retail outlets particularly taking a stand and, and, and really hammering home that we all just need to stick together on this and weather this last, hopefully this last few bits of the storm and in an incredible allegory there or incredible incredibly terrible metaphor um but yeah it's still still very trying times here in ireland and indeed the world so hopefully if you're listening to this episode of the podcast in a year's time this will all be a distant memory but for now it is very much the present and that's why i like recording these episodes fairly I like to keep them fairly up to date. I like to write ahead of time, but for, as far as the recordings go, I like to just be as up to date as possible, especially at a time like this where just everything seems to be changing every day. Uh, but the podcast will continue to go uh, on throughout all of this as long as there are you all to listen to it. So I'm going to get down to the story now. It is a folktale from Sean O'Sullivan's book of folktales of Ireland which has become an even more invaluable resource in the last couple of months since I have been taking a second work through it from the initial few folktales I took from it way back in the origins of the podcast. This was a story that I always really liked the name of. It obviously is very unlike a usual name for a folktale. It's much more like a name from a science fiction, uh, a science fiction story, but it is very much... It is very much a piece of Irish folklore, as you will soon find out. And we will just tell the story and we'll talk a bit more about it afterwards. But this is The Queen of the Planets on Fireside. The Queen of the Planets Once upon a time, there was a man who was only ever kind to everyone he met. Suspiciously kind. Like... He was always trying to get something, get ahead. Insincere, surely. He seemed a fake. As if he was, in fact, a serial killer. But, as it does occasionally happen, this very nice guy was the real deal. He was happy, contented, just a decent skin. The nice guy married a woman. She, regrettably, was not nice went through her life treating others like they had been scraped off from the bottom of her boot. Well, they do say opposites attract. The nice guy lived his life and died. And as rotten luck would have it, those two days of the wake and the funeral were two of the wettest and windiest days of the year. And to make matters worse, it was in the height of the summer. Only for the man had been so good to everyone he had met, there wouldn't have been one sinner at the funeral. The mourners grieved as the body was descended into the mucky and sludgy hole. Not long after, wife followed husband to the grave. But the nasty woman's funeral was just about as nice a two days as you could hope to live or die on. Sun splitting the gravestones. In life, the couple had had one daughter. Now grown, the daughter was greatly bothered by the weather conditions of her respective parents' funerals. Why is it, she thought, that my father was so good to people, 
and he was buried in miserable muck. While my mother, who treated Dad worse than she treated me, she was placed into the ground like a rare and endangered flower. The daughter vowed to not spend a second night or eat a second meal in any home until she had solved this great cosmic mystery. The young woman's journey began, and on the end of that first evening she knocked on the door and found lodgings in the house of a woman with three daughters. The child of naughty and nice was more than welcome in this woman's house. While she ate a delicious home-cooked meal, the woman of the house asked our hero to tell her tale. When all was told, the woman said, That is indeed quite a woe. I'll tell you what, if you ever do find out the answer to that, can you ask the person who has the answer, why is it that no one wants to marry my eldest daughter? She's every bit as kind or good-looking as the other two, but... Nobody seems to want her. The young woman said she would, and tried to forget about how problematic she thought this statement had been. The next night, the daughter found lodgings with a smith. When she had told him of her quest, the smith said, If you find your answer, can you also find out why it is that I am so poor? I work dawn till dusk, Monday till Sunday, and I never seem to have a penny to my name. It doesn't make any sense. The daughter was becoming mildly irritated that all these other troubles were being piled on her like an endgame buckaroo. But she was nonetheless grateful for the hospitality, so she said she would find out what she could. Another day's walk found the young woman at the fireside of a farmer. As they sat, the farmer then added his troubles. There is a thatched part of my roof that thicken as I may always leaks when it rains. If you could find out why, I would be very grateful. I have enough to be worrying about without your leaky roof. The daughter had grown impatient with these selfish hosts and their woes. But then she felt bad. Maybe there was more of her father in her than her mother after all. So she said, I'll find out what I can. The fourth day came and went, and the daughter of good and bad could find no home to give her lodgings for the night. Eventually, she came to a house with lights in all the windows, but no answer to a knock at the door. However, a gentle push of the wood led to the discovery that the house was unlocked. The desperate woman called into the house, said that she was coming, and entered. Inside the house was warm, the fire lit, the table set, the daughter had barely time to give a whiff of the delicious cooking smells before her host came in. She was the most beautiful woman the young girl had ever seen. Ah, hello, you look freezing, my dear. Sit down and warm yourself. I'm just putting the final touches to dinner. The young woman thought her host was being surprisingly nice, considering she had essentially broken into her home. But she was cold and hungry, and no closer to finding any answers. Much to her relief, the woman of the house did not ask the daughter for her story, and did not look to add any further woes to the young girl's already troubled mind. She was shown to her bed, Comfortable though it was, 
she could not get to sleep. From her bed, the daughter could still see into the kitchen area of the home. There, there was a great big metal pot, a cauldron even, that was boiled and bubbling over its rim. The young woman thought the host would surely come over to put out the fire beneath and cool the pot, but she didn't. Instead, the daughter watched in sheer disbelief as the woman of the house stood on a stool and dove headfirst into the boiling pot. Soon all that was visible of her was her boots. The daughter thought the woman surely dead, but she was too terrified to help. But help was not needed. Because after a time, the host arose from the boiling waters unburnt, and not even, it seemed, wet. Things only escalated or descended from there. Still pretending to be asleep, with one open eye, the daughter watched in horror as the woman of the house stood again on that stool, threw a rope over the rafters of the house, tied a noose around her neck, and kicked the chair out from underneath. The daughter watched with both eyes open as the woman kicked and spluttered until she was still. But again, she did not die. Still she was for just a few moments. Then, with newborn vigor, cut the rope from round her neck and proceeded to her next dreadful task. The woman of the house slit her throat from ear to ear and bled out on the floor before arising and mopping up like she had just spilled red wine. Next, the woman got a jangling sack full of money and spent time counting out gold and silver coins on the table before returning them to the bag. That wasn't so bad, the daughter thought, still cowering in bed. Finally, the woman of the house put on a beautiful dress, sat by the fireside, and read a book. The milder the activities became, the more insane the daughter in bed felt she was becoming. After she had read her book, the banante came to the door of the bedroom. Are you asleep? The girl in bed said nothing. I know you're not. You saw what I did tonight, didn't you? Eventually, the girl said, Yes. And tell me, have you ever heard of the Queen of the Planets? Again. Yes. Well, I am she. And when you saw me boil in that pot, that is the fate of every child born during that time. As for every other task I performed, hanged, throats cut, Counting coins or reading in a pretty dress, so too will be the deaths of every man and woman born on this night while I performed those acts. Now, I know why you have come here tonight. Your father was buried in muck and rain, but he was kind to everyone he ever met. Those two days of rain were as long as his time in purgatory lasted. Your mother, however, those two fine days for her funeral were the last fine days she will ever know. The girl said nothing. The queen of the planets went on. Now, 
on your way back, I know you have some stops to make. Tell the woman that if her eldest daughter carries her to Mass two Sundays in a row, everyone will think the better of her. Tell that smith that no luck ever came to one who works that hard. And tell the farmer that if he doesn't want his roof to leak, to return that stolen straw. The next morning, the daughter prepared for her homeward journey. After all she had given, the Queen of the Planets had a parting gift. Here is a brazen apple. On your journey home, you will encounter the demented spirit of your own mother. She is currently being eternally pursued by two mastiffs. She will try and stop you from returning home and telling her fate. You must throw this apple and land it in her mouth. After all she had seen and heard the previous night, the daughter actually thought this was quite tame. That is, until she was on the road that night, and from behind her came sprinting the rotting corpse of her wicked mother. She was running from two hellish black hounds, but she was running towards her own daughter, with blood in her eyes and foul nostrils. The daughter had one shot. She curved the brazen apple and launched it right between her mother's teeth. The moment Apple landed in mouth, the figure of her mother crumbled to ash, and the dogs that pursued her dissipated. Exhausted, the daughter stopped at each house on the way back, first to the farmer, the smith, and the old woman, and told them all how to get what they wanted, told them all about the advice of the queen of the planets. The end. And that was the tale of the Queen of the Planets on Fireside, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, there is a lot to this story. A lot of very simple folklore, very fairy tale, rules of three elements to it. Very grim very grim with one and two M's but so in its simplicity there is still quite a lot of information because not only do you have the three meetings the three stops in the journey in the houses of the old woman and the smith and the farmer then you also have these huge variety of different ordeals in the queen of the planet's house now Let's start first off, as I said, this is from Sean O'Sullivan's incredibly compiled book of folk tales of Ireland from the Irish Folklore Commission, compiled in from the nineteen thirty five. I think this book was compiled in the late sixties. But the story of the Queen of the Planets again was a name, it was a title that always stuck out with me, so it was always one I knew I wanted to do at some stage. But for the life of me, I I haven't been able to find any other reference to a queen of the planets, not in this story or anywhere else. Now, of course, she is... I suppose you have plenty of information there. You are just assumed that she is a, a mediator between the two worlds. She knows of things happening in life and in death. 
She can read minds and she can communicate with the other world. She is definitely a she uh, and a very powerful one at that. And oftentimes, I I think the more the more I adapt these stories, the less the less answers I'm looking for. The more I'm able to just obviously I want them to make sense in my head, but sometimes by nature of folklore and mythology things do contradict each other or don't and sometimes you just have to accept things at face value and I liked that particularly in this story because you have people just as Philip Pullman says in his book on Grim Grim Tales sometimes it can feel like characters in folk tales aren't even conscious that they are like two-dimensional like paper cutouts of puppets and uh, you have that in case here that just the characters understand who the Queen of the Planets is, but the storyteller doesn't even necessarily because the storyteller doesn't give any context. And so there was no further context for me to give here. But then again, maybe it isn't necessary. Maybe it's enough to just hear this name and to just let your imagination visualize her. I mean, I can visualize this woman. I have a Queen of the Planets in my head. I have a Queen of the Planets voice I was doing there based on what I visualize, and I won't tell you who it is. Um, But yeah, so I think that that was enough. It's enough for us to just hear Queen of the Planets and then let our imaginations go from there. But then, yes, we have these these variety of gruesome acts that she commits. First, she boils herself alive in her pot. Then she hangs herself. Then she slits her own throat and bleeds out on the floor. Then she, and after those, she counts money. And then she puts on a pretty dress and sits reading a book. Those are, and those are the order that things go in, you know. That's not an order you think. It is a, a particularly demented way or series of events. And they get less and less gruesome. Well, they get increasingly gruesome and then less and less so. But all of them are fates of anyone who was born during those moments so if she hang, if she boils herself alive for 60 seconds any child born anywhere in the world in those 60 seconds they are going to die by being boiled alive and likewise the hanging anyone born while she was hanging from that rope that is how they are going to die and this is a this is a story element that I haven't encountered before I'm sure I will encounter it again because it's so strong and that is what is the grimmest about the queen of the planets is you know the predicting the predicting of the death of newborn babies even though they won't be necessarily newborn babies at that point you know if a baby was born while she was hanging it obviously doesn't mean that baby is going to be hung it could be they could be in their 80s when they're hanged but they will be hanged that is how they are going to die and is this what she does you know is this just the daily the day-to-day life of the queen of the planets she goes about her days doing various activities, dictating the fates of all of these various unfortunate people. Or fortunate people, you know, where we have counting counting gold coins. We would like to think that we wouldn't like to spend our life counting gold coins, but I suppose in the act of counting them wouldn't be the worst way to die. And certainly the idea of reading a book in a lovely dress 
uh, by the fireside is as good a death as any of us could ever hope for. I love the detail of the dress because you like to imagine that it isn't just dressed, you know, that it is just dressed smartly regardless. But uh, I liked the idea of of a few of the guys who are going to die there being dressed beautifully in a lovely dress, (laughs) reading a book as well, that they don't have to be dressed up in their own suits. But this is, yeah, these are, again, incredible visuals here and gruesome visuals. It is almost a horror story in a way, but it does end very happily. And then, of course, we have the gruesome image of the mother being chased by these demon dogs and this brazen apple. Again, these characters just accepting these story elements and... You know, you try to resist the urge to want to put something on it, but the, I'm, I, part of me just feels there is no nothing more at times. You know, sometimes you just need to accept it. As a, like, if this woman who had committed all those acts and not died, and she gave you an apple and said, throw it in your dead mother's mouth, who's going to be chasing after you by demon dogs, you would just do it. You wouldn't be questioning that. And she gets it dead on, so... Is her mother at peace now, or was she just defeated that day because these wolves, these hounds from somewhere, you know, uh, disappear after that, like the image, like the vision of her mother does? And we have the idea that the mother, the father certainly is at peace, and that the mother may never be because of what they committed in life. So the queen of the planets is, she is fate in a way. Very much so. She is almost like the three fates in in Greek mythology. You know, she knows all the past, present, and the future. And these... It's funny because these the, the smith, the woman, and the, the farmer who the, the daughter stops along the way, they seem to know that she's going to find the queen of the planets. They They never name her. She is never named until they are there. But when they hear of this woman, this young girl out trying to find out the reasons for her parents, the weather of her parents' deaths, that they know, well, if you find an answer to that, you will be able to find an answer to my problem. So that would imply that they knew she was going to find somebody who would know the answer to all, that she was chasing destiny, she was chasing fate. And there is something very wonderful about that, about that they knew she was going towards this place. And they did. They got their answers. They get their answers in the end. And even just that as the the concept of the story, it wasn't even for this girl, why did my mother and father die? It's why was the weather bad on my good father's funeral and the weather was good on my bad mother's funeral. And in terms of I've... This was, again, one of those wonderful stories where you only really had to read it once and then the elements are just there so I could just write and it is, I feel it's my version of this story, but I don't really change too many elements. The only thing I change, which I do every now and again, because why not, is that the central character is, the it's a son in the story, it's a boy, whereas I liked the idea of it a daughter because... It didn't sit well with me, the idea of just like the 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 man being the dad being good and the mother being bad because it just perpetuates you know an ongoing uh, wicked mothers and wicked stepmothers thing in f- fairy tales, which isn't necessary for this story. 
I kept it as the bad mother instead of like doing a reversal of that as well because in my head just the image of of the phantom mother at the end was just too like the banshee and too much of a it was too stuck in my head I, I liked it too much as the image I thought I'll keep that as stronger and then obviously keep the queen of planets as her but yeah that's it felt like my version of this story but there aren't a huge amount of elements that I changed uh, because they weren't necessary the the bones were there the structure was there and why would I why would I mess around with that or put extra things that didn't need to be but yeah I hope you enjoyed that tale of the queen of the planets another one I think will probably stay with me and come back around I like having in the back of my head the more of these stories I do the more inner collections come to mind you know other stories that you can see this one putting together if you're putting together a little collection or a series of of stories I like when one comes up from a very different book or a very different source to another one but then you go they could be one after the other you know so the queen of the plants is definitely going back in the rolodex the rolodex of folklore so that is going to be it for me for the moment folks i hope you enjoyed this week's episode next week we are going back into our new invasion cycle invasion saga that i've begun my new original saga in which we are tackling a very different thing for fireside but that i feel is the continued right direction for the podcast and we are dealing with the vikings in ireland so next week we are going to talk about what those vikings believe in we are doing norse mythology on fireside i repeat we are doing norse mythology on fireside on the irish storytelling podcast if you could believe such a thing and i'm very much looking forward to it and i hope you are as well i've just finished writing it and i am quite happy with it so we'll see how we get on thank you so much to alan patty and connor here at head stuff thank you so much to jamie my editor for continuing to produce this podcast and thank you one more time to you for the listeners please do follow me on instagram at fireside bard support the patreon at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast i will see you all you will hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside thank you and goodbye This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.